This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Boxu. So Boxu, or Boxu, is a premium Japanese snack and tea subscription box that I personally love. I do too. I'm super excited about this. They source directly from artisanal snack makers in Japan. They ship free worldwide. It's really cool. So to get your own, go to Boxu.com. That's B-O-K-K-S-U.com. And use the code MILK5, that's MILK and the number 5, at checkout for $5 off your first box. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about breakfast for dinner. Yes. This was suggested by listener Deborah, and I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be talking about since, like, what have, what is there to say about breakfast for dinner that we didn't just say in three words? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're eating waffles. We got some bacon coming up. Mm-hmm. We're having breakfast for dinner for brunch <laughs> because it's currently... Uh, 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, Matthew, I mean, uh, uh, can I talk about my memory lane? Because mm-hmm. breakfast for dinner was a thing that my yeah. parents really did. However, it was always a savory breakfast for dinner, whereas when we had breakfast for breakfast, it was always sweet. Uh, like an omelet? No. So what we would have, this was, you know, this was kind of the only upside of my mother's frequent dieting mm-hmm. in the 80s. I, I I feel that this was harmful to my relationship with food in ways that I can go into and have have thankfully gotten over. Uh-huh. But Are um, you going to go into the on this episode of our comedy show? <laughs> no, no. I don't recommend dieting. Or being the child of people who diet. But anyway, my mom started making steamed spinach with a fried egg on top and grated sharp cheddar on top of the egg. And that was what she called breakfast for dinner. And I think think this would be perfect if if the spinach were sautéed and if there were an English muffin on the side, toasted and buttered. I loved this as a kid. I I didn't want mine stacked. I didn't want the egg and the cheese on top of the spinach. I wanted them like side by side. Um, But I I loved this. And this was what we called breakfast for dinner. 
But it's nothing we ever ate for breakfast. Yeah, I don't know if that qualifies. It We're, doesn't? We might have the, to, that's what we called breakfast for dinner. We, we might have to go to the judges on this. Oh, God. Really? No, I buy it. Okay. Um, For me and my house, breakfast for dinner was like pancakes, waffles, omelets is what I remember. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I thought, I mean, it was- I don't love the idea of having a sweet breakfast item for dinner. I, and I love sweet breakfast. I'm not so into it anymore, but as a kid, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and it's it's interesting to think about like which things you can, can take from the sweet breakfast table mm-hmm. and make into an, a uh, you know a satisfying, exciting breakfast for dinner, and which things just become sad because like if, yeah. if it was cereal for dinner, that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't be exciting anymore. Even yeah. though cereal for breakfast, I'm all over. Yeah, it. Yeah, I love cereal for breakfast. Um, or like, you know, uh, hard-boiled eggs and toast. Right. That sounds like a real bummer. I, you know, I mean, where does like chicken with waffles, where does it fit into this? Does that count? Because mm. that sounds great for dinner. Who doesn't I, love the thought of that? I think it does. I mean, it's got enough breakfast going on in it because there is maple syrup mm-hmm. and there is a waffle mm-hmm. and also fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think it's clearly breakfast for dinner inspired. So first off, when I when I mentioned uh, to, prof- to professor <laughs> Professor Abby, <laughs> wow, have you have you checked out uh, <laughs> Professor Abby's new course on the Great Courses Plus? <laughs> um, when I mentioned to producer Abby that we uh, were doing breakfast for dinner, she said, "Oh, you mean Brinner?" And I, that was the first time I'd ever heard that oh, word. Oh yeah, no, I've never said that. So I was going to say, interestingly enough, perhaps interestingly, we'll see. I wanted to get a sense of like, when when did breakfast for dinner become a thing? So I went on Google Ngram. Have you ever used this? I've never I've heard of it. I've seen it used, but I don't think I'd ever used it myself before. So Google, you know, they have this huge database of websites. They oh, the, no, do they? They additionally have this huge database of books um, going back to like 1800. And you can search for phrases and see and get a graph of like when did that phrase start appearing more and like less in books. So if you look up like how do you access this? Do you like go to like haberdasher? Like you could see like people we were talking about a lot in the 1840s and not since then. So wait, where how do do you get there by going to Google and then like letter N Graham? Uh, just just Google the word N Graham N G R A M. Okay, and it'll take you to Google N Graham. Yes. So. First what of all, what does Ngram mean? I don't know. So I searched for breakfast, the phrase breakfast for dinner. Would you like to guess when when people started saying breakfast for dinner enough that it started appearing in print? Um, it probably it, within our lifetimes. Yeah, about 1982 is when the the graph suddenly goes. Phew. I think this sounds right. For some reason, it just strikes me as something that we were into in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I looked up Brenner and I got nothing useful because a lot of people have that as a last name. Yeah. So. Yule. For example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who was he again? Uh, Yule Brenner was a, a actor. He was he played the king in The King and I. Oh, okay. I think was his most famous role. Was his name spelled like like Yule Tide? Greetings. No, it was Y U L. No okay. E. What What is it short for? Yuleo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's ever Yulio Iglesias Brenner. <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents That's were really. Say that. My parents were really into Julio Iglesias mm-hmm. in the eighties. They were also really into this duet that uh, Placido or Placido Domingo did with John Denver. Oh wow! Um, where they did I didn't know it, about was, this. it was an album, perhaps love. <laughs> 
<laughs> but perhaps love is like an ocean full of conflict, full of pain. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> yes. It exists to something, something. It helps to keep you warm. And Wait, even when you warm, do, 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 and don't know what to do, the memory of love will see you through. Placido what? Domingo and John Denver. Look it up. I this is I unbelievable it, to me. Can we enti- link to this? I think this it was an entire album in the show notes. It was, it was called Perhaps Love. I think the album was called Perhaps. It's an Love. ocean that keeps you warm. <laughs> I haven't listened to it for like thirty years. Oh no! It sounds like all of that was absolute gospel. But you can you can just imagine Placido Domingo like Perhaps Love. Da, 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 da. I really sound like a tenor, don't the, I? The, yes. The, the thing the thing I that, that really gets me about that, that though is like I feel like if I were if I were John Denver, it, it, I would be thinking like, okay, this guy's like an operatic tenor. Like, he, what does he think of my John Denver voice? Not that there's anything wrong with John Denver's well, voice. And just, both of them on the recording are just one hundred percent themselves. So John wow. Denver is, you know, his usual like, perhaps love is like a blah blah. Yep. Wow. Is John? It's like John Denver's <laughs> ghost is here in the studio with us. Yes. You um, know, I once saw John Denver in concert as a child. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Rocky wow. Mountain High still really gets me. Yeah, oh, I, I love John, John Denver as a kid. Oh, I also, man. you know what it else is I love? Like, it's it. I feel like I, I I feel truly comforted listening to John Denver. It's like a it's like an animal comfort. Yes, John John Denver. <laughs> His hit album, Animal, animal Comfort. It's a, maybe love is like a comforting animal, perhaps. <laughs> that, <laughs> like a like a warm, cuddly boa constrictor. <laughs> um, I had this this LP that I loved that was Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson. Oh God, yes, so good. Yes, I also had um, uh, Dolly Parton, Three Doors Down. Oh, what was on that album? Three doors down. <laughs> um, I had uh, Stevie Nicks. Wait, was it two doors down? Maybe it was two doors down. <laughs> I cannot remember how many doors down it was, but all, but they were laughing and drinking and having a party. Yeah, they're I, not aware that I'm around. What was your first LP? Oh well, I mean, my parents had tons of but LPs. Did, do you remember like going to Sound Warehouse or something and getting your first LP? Did I, your parents take you? No, I remember. I, I don't think I ever bought an LP. An LP. Oh. Um, I remember buying cassettes. So I don't remember what my first one was. I do remember my first CD. I remember my dad taking me to Sound Warehouse mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City. It was a uh, May Avenue and Wilshire. Producer Abby, can you check that? <laughs> anyway, Professor not, Abby, it's not there anymore. But um, my uh, he bought me Madonna like a virgin and Excellent. Prince Purple Rain wow. on the same day, and my life peaked at that moment. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But then my first CD later was You Two Octung Baby, which I know you're a fan of. Love it. Because you move in mysterious ways. <laughs> you're also even better than the real thing, Matthew. This episode is brought to you by Juul, sous vide by Chef Steps. Matthew, have you heard of sous vide cooking? I have, but I think it's a scary thing that only chefs can do, right? I used to agree. I used to agree, but this is really cool. So Juul makes it easy to do this at home. You can create chef-level dishes, meats, poultry, fish... 
thanks to their precise temperature control. And you don't have to stand there and hover over it. Awesome. Can I listen to a Jewel album while I'm cooking? (laughs) It's spelled differently. It is. You can also go on the Jewel app where they have 100 recipes and lots of videos to show you how to cook almost everything using Jewel sous vide. Awesome. I'm going to get mine by going to chefsteps.com slash Jewel and using the offer code spilled milk to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code spilled milk. Jewel. Perfect food every time. This episode is brought to you by BarkBox. BarkBox is a monthly delivery service of the best all-natural treats and innovative toys to match your dog's unique needs. It's a great way to try a variety of USA and Canada-made dog treats and unique toys from small and, and local businesses that you can't find anywhere else. My dog, her name is Alice, she and I just got our first BarkBox, which came with three different types of treats that she loves and two squares squeaky toys that are seriously cute. The theme was paradise. And so one of the toys is a squeaky pineapple and the other kind of looks like a tiki mug. Super cute. If you want to check out BarkBox for yourself, go to BarkBox.com milk for a free extra month when you sign up for a six or 12 month plan. That's BarkBox.com milk. Sorry, slightly burnt bacon. Oh, God, this does not look like burnt bacon. I have no? burned okay. some bacon. Um, well, okay. thank you. So, so how often do you actually do this at your house? But wait, I've got more history. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll weave it in okay. like like Ken Burns. Who's that? Like Ken, Ken Burns, his bacon. <laughs> Ken Burns, does the, like the Civil War documentaries on PD, PBS or oh, PDS. Oh, gosh, I would love that. You would love to watch does a he, Ken Burns documentary? Does he document? do it on PDA? <laughs> yeah, he did a whole documentary on the history of PDA. <laughs> It's just like a lot of a lot of like really like s- slurpy making out, <laughs> but in old photos that kind of drift onto the screen, <laughs> um, like that like that photo for the the kiss yeah, the, right. the kiss at at Hotel de Ville or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely part of a key moment in the history of PDA. <laughs> um, <laughs> he even takes us on on a tour of like um, you know cave paintings of I was people just making- thinking the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hieroglyphics. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what what did you ask me? How often did we do this? I want to say like once every two or three weeks. Is really? My, I, I was thinking of like calling my mom and asking about this, but then I forgot. What? Are we talking about memory lane or currently? Oh, currently. I was, uh, memory lane. Oh, okay. Um, currently, not very often. I was going to say, I, I think that my memory lane would be about the same. I think we did it every two or three weeks, and I almost never do it. In my house today, I was talking to um, my daughter, Iris, about this. She she and I would agree that, that it's more exciting to get dinner for breakfast than breakfast for dinner. Hmm. So, like, leftover pizza, or this morning we, I had some, like, leftover uh, red-braced pork that I shredded and put into a burger bun, oh. which was real good. Wow. Hmm. I, I so rarely do a savory breakfast in the morning, but I want a savory breakfast for dinner. That's when I'm having breakfast. That's like for a, dinner. the Venn diagram there. I feel like there's like a real sliver of like what what are the savory breakfasts I and what a, are the savory breakfasts at all. Well, like a, a Denver omelet. Yeah, that's a savory breakfast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would love a Denver God, omelet. I would. I, I would make, love I do, a Denver I do omelet at any for time dinner of day. Sometimes I would um, love a Denver omelet yeah, at any time of day for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So in order to have the concept of breakfast for dinner, the meal of breakfast has to diverge from the other meals so that you can say that there are breakfast foods and non-breakfast yeah. foods. Yeah. That happened in America around the turn of the 20th century, like with, uh, you know, the Kellogg's and the Post's and uh, – the mm-hmm. healthy country, country squares. Yeah, exactly. The the, the healthy breakfast uh, will like prevent you from touching yourself. Movement. Yes. Yes. God, it worked for me. <laughs> cornflakes every mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. keeps the hand away because <laughs> you're busy shuffling up them cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> what about the other hand? <laughs> um. So yeah. So so as as we had got this idea that like okay, some foods are breakfast foods, then then we could like have the treat of breakfast for dinner. I also remembered. Have you read uh, the Ramona Quimby books? As a child, we we reread them. Um, uh, I mean, we read them aloud uh, to to our kid a few years ago, mm-hmm. and so I was reintroduced to them, and they're still great. And like God, so, Beverly Cleary, yeah. What um, what a person. Yeah. So such such like I think. Largely unintentional, I think, vivid, like, portrait of, of uh, you know, the time, like the, the 60s in Portland, Oregon. Anyway, in Ramona and her mother, there's a scene where uh, they, they put a pot roast in the crock pot, but then forget to turn the crock pot on. And so they come home in the evening and the crock pot is cold and there's no pot roast and they end up having pancakes and bacon for dinner and it's like a sad breakfast for dinner like a sad unintentional breakfast for dinner yeah wow that does not sound sad to me these people need to get their priorities in gear i think also like there wasn't enough bacon and everyone's everyone was having a tough day anyway yeah maybe maybe ramona had done badly on a pop quiz um maybe maybe she cracked an egg onto her head Oh, yeah, I forgot about that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe she uh, took one bite out of each of all of the apples in the bag. Do you remember Harriet the Spy? Yes. She was pretty great, too. Yeah. I don't think I've read that since I was a kid. I remember it being very sad. It was? Yeah. Are you confusing it with Where the Red Fern Grows? It might be. Oh, <laughs> you mean the saddest book ever that, that was written to torture oh, children? what about Bridge to Terabithia? Oh, That's fuck. right up there. That's worse. <laughs> I, I cried so much at Bridge to Terabithia. Uh, not just the book. I, I read the book after seeing the Wonderworks production of it. Mm-hmm. That fucking Wonderworks, Bridge to Terabithia. I think I don't so think wait. I recovered yet. So wait, Bridge I to Terabithia believe, was where the friend, spoiler alert, the friend dies. Yes, and there's I can't a swing believe, in the woods, yes. right? Okay, uh, uh, hold on. The, where the red fern grows, uh, a dog dies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely find that one sadder. People, they can <laughs> die. Animals should be immortal. And also the red fern grows where where the red fern grows had like a really gory scene. Oh. Are you um, are you confusing where, it with Lord of the Flies? <laughs> <laughs> where the Lord of the Flies dies. Um yes, I yeah, you're right. I was I was confusing it with with uh, Paradise Lost. Um so yeah, books. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. And today, dear listener, I want to welcome to the show someone who, at least in the past, was not known for being great at cleaning. And that's Ooh, who is it? That's my co-host Matthew. Oh, <laughs> so listen, Matthew, I was just in your bathroom. Uh huh. Uh oh. And I, in the past, it's not always been very clean in there. Nope. I noticed that today 
everything was sparkling. Your sink was clean. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew, I pulled back the 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 bath, the shower curtain. I You're hope, very nosy. I hope that's not weird. But I noticed that there was no soap scum ring in there. And in the past, there has been. Okay, well, number one, that's very, very weird. stuff. <laughs> and number two, you know what happened is Mr. Clean sent me some magic erasers, and I ran a little water on them, squeezed them out, and started scrubbing the tub, and everything came right off. As if by magic. I, I've used them. I would never have thought to use them in my bathroom. I tend to use them for things like um, getting scuff marks off of walls or like sort of refreshing white sneakers. Yes. Ooh, ooh. Um, I've also managed to use them to get those like burnt on stains off the stove. The ones you think are never going to come off. Yeah. I mean, that's why I tried it. Because I, the thing about magic erasers is they, they take off the stains that seem like they are and have become an integral part of the thing that they're staining. <laughs> the stains you like hardly see anymore. You just yes. think your bathtub is that color. Yeah, but the thing is, everyone else who comes over to your house, <clears throat> Molly, is looking down does in the see shower them. curtain. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, whether whether your friends and neighbors are as nosy as Molly or not, <laughs> you know, for your spring cleaning, the, the toughest spring cleaning tasks, you are going to want to go straight to Magic Erasers. Do not pass go. <laughs> Anyway, if if you want to see uh, the long list of messes you can erase with Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, go to mrclean.com slash spilled milk. Yep. So the quickest and easiest way to get your home looking great this spring is with Magic Erasers. And once again, that list, a master list of stains that you are going to wipe out like magic is at mrclean.com slash spilled milk. <laughs> May I read you something uh, that uh, I found on uh, the website Extra Crispy? Yes. Uh, written by uh, Anna Petoniak. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, is a piece that we'll link to about um, breakfast, getting breakfast for dinner at a diner. Cool. Because the breakfast section is the best section, just listen. Fried eggs with bacon, Western omelets, chocolate chip pancakes, waffles with snowy drifts of whipped cream, stacks of buttered toast with jam, egg sandwiches on squishy rolls, melted cheese escaping from the edges, heaps of crispy fries to mop up the ketchup. The notion of breakfast granted me the permission to order whatever the hell I wanted. Why can't I have a stack of frisbee-sized pancakes drenched in butter and maple syrup at 8 p.m. on a weeknight? Yes. Why not indeed? Amen. That is wonderful. Yeah, and I also agree, like, that, if I if I find myself at, like, a Denny's at dinner time, I'll probably order a Grand Slam. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's, that's what Denny's is for, mm-hmm. you know? They do have other stuff on the menu at Denny's, but I don't... They don't need to. I don't know if I've ever ordered non-breakfast things at Denny's. I don't think I ever have. Do you remember... Um, like fast food breakfasts. Do do fast food places serve breakfast all day or does it still end at like 1130 in the morning? So this this was a big thing like maybe two years ago that after never serving breakfast past 11, McDonald's started serving all day breakfast. Do they and still do it? They still do it. Yeah. And I like I like fast food breakfast a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I don't get it that often. Um, and so when they started doing that, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to take advantage of this at some point. I don't think I have once. Hmm. And I think... What what do you like when you have fast food breakfast? Oh, like a, the, my favorite thing to get at any fast food place will be a, um English muffin or biscuit sandwich with sausage patty, uh, American cheese, and egg. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be my choice too. Or just an egg and cheese biscuit mm-hmm. or that, that's kind of mushy. But yeah, okay. Okay, I could get down with that. But yeah, I don't think I want a fast food breakfast for dinner. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I, I mean, I'm fine with a fast food burger for dinner. There's wow. there's so much. There's so much. Con- this is a very context dependent. 
yeah meal i found when i was when i was researching this uh if you can use the word i learned that uh, there there was a paper that uh, that found that um a study that found that when we are really hungry uh time inappropriate food sounds gross so like if we're really hungry and like desperate to get something to eat breakfast for dinner is probably not going to sound very appealing in that context interesting Whereas, but that, but when it's like a, a using food more as like a you know celebration, like gathering with the family sort of context, then sounds it sounds great. Great, interesting, huh? Although if you're really hungry, I feel like anything for and, breakfast seems seems pretty right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely do. You, do you experience this like if you get too hungry, nothing sounds good? This happens to me once in a while. No, that doesn't usually happen okay. to me. If I if I get too hungry, I get these waves of of nausea. Um, do you ever get like rage? Um, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes. Brandon and I definitely had a habit of like having hungry arguments. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, th- I think there's a word for that. Arguments. <laughs> we got hangry. Yeah, hang hangguments. Yeah. Hangguments. Hey, what are unguents? I came across it in a oh. book last night, and they're, I mean, they're, I think um, it's like toiletries. It's animals with cloven hooves. <laughs> I think I think it's like well, how's it different from an ointment? I think it's like a well, like an ointment because because this author was talking about her mother's unguents lined up on the dresser, and is that the same as emoluments? <laughs> no, Matthew, those are different. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Emollient. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Emoluments, thank emoluments. you. Yeah, lubricants. Uh huh. But but I mean, an unguent is a like a skin. Thing you put on your skin, it's something right? you put on your skin, but I don't, I don't really know whether it like applies to toiletries broadly or just like lotions or, or gooey thing. Unguent, unguent. What about integuments? What's that? I don't know. I'll, I'll look up integuments. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've uh, I've an update on integument. Okay, an integument is a tough outer protective layer, especially that of an animal or plant. So if you have a tough outer protective layer, layer an integument, you could put an emollient or, <laughs> or an unguent on it, right? Yeah. I wow. Think, but I don't know if it would soften it because it's it, it, it it's functional, this layer. Right. It's like no, meant to be there. It's, like, not, it's not like a callus that has formed that you could like shave off. Right. No, if you put if you put lotion on like a uh, uh you know, a, a wrinkly avocado skin. I don't think it's going to do much except make your avocado taste weird and and make it slippery. Yeah. <laughs> and those things are dangerous enough as it is. It's true. So another another breakfast for, din- for dinner phenomenon that I noticed in the last few years is uh, biscuit restaurants. So like there's Pine State yeah. Biscuit in Portland and there's... there's Highs and Thighs. Is that a... No, that's... <laughs> What what is that? I think it's in sounds San, great. I think it's in San Francisco, but I think it's like pies and fried chicken, pies okay. and thighs. Oh, Sorry. that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Pine State biscuits. Uh, and there's a there's a biscuit place, Serious in, Biscuit. Yeah, exactly. There's one. There's another one in the U District. Anyway, that's clearly like a biscuit bitch. Yes, there's there's that's clearly a breakfast for dinner adjacent. Right? I don't know no? if that's breakfast for dinner. I mean, I think those things are intended for breakfast. But they, they're not only open for breakfast. <sighs> to be perfectly honest, the only one of those I've been to is Pine State Biscuits. Uh-huh. And I went for breakfast or, or lunch or something. Well, lunch is dinner. <laughs> I mean, lunch isn't breakfast, right? <laughs> That's true. Lunch is not breakfast. Look, okay. I've been hosting this food show for eight years or whatever, and I apparently think that lunch is dinner. Mm-hmm. So that's how much I've learned. <clears throat> also, I think Lord of the Flies is bridge to Terabithia. <laughs> 
Okay. I'm confused about many things. So, um, so well, this is our breakfast for dinner episode. Yeah, it's it's and it's still going. Oh, do you want to talk about the waffles you made? Yeah. So I bet I made these for the waffle episode, or possibly I made yeasted waffles. Uh, these I are. I think you made yeasted waffles. Okay, I got these waffles from uh, your website. Yeah, these it's are the, the waffles, waffles of, of insane, insane greatness. greatness. Uh, which we can easily link to, and I'm sure we have before. But it's a it's a quick waffle, like you you can whip it up and and cook them the morning of. Mm-hmm. I guess it's weird to say that if you're if you're not used to making yeasted waffles, yeah. It'd be like, what what are you talking? Well, about? Well, I think this is these try to approximate the greatness that is a yeasted waffle mm-hmm. while allowing you to do it on the morning of. Mm-hmm. Marion Cunningham's yeasted waffles, yeah. so good, so so good. I was gonna make that, and then I realized I was almost out of flour last night, and I was too lazy to go to the store. So, yeah. so I really care. Yeah, you do really care. Uh huh. So, so when, so when you do serve breakfast for dinner, mm-hmm. which is never, um, <laughs> what do what do you serve? Um, I would say at this point, um, omelet would be the most likely candidate. Okay. I can't remember. There was a time when when uh, we we would like have waffles as a as a go to like you know we don't have much time we don't know what else to make kind of dinner. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. I, I feel like I've been cooking weirdly lately for some reason. Huh. I really almost never do breakfast for dinner, but I mm-hmm. eat a lot of eggs at lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. I almost Which never are the same thing. I'm I never <laughs> I pretty much never cook eggs for breakfast, but I love eggs with a salad. Yeah. For like lunch or for dinner. Like eggs, a salad, a glass of wine, and some buttered bread. This is a thing I love to eat, but never really think to make for myself. Oh my gosh. I it, like I think I probably do that one to two times a week for like lunch. Like a fried or, or poached egg? I would do a fried egg. I'm not a huge poached egg person. I don't like the taste of the white. Mm-hmm. I really like a fried egg or scrambled eggs. Love yeah. good scrambled eggs with a salad. Love that. Mm. I think that might be my favorite, actually, mm. with a glass of wine. Only at dinner, because I I really don't need any other reason to be tired in the afternoon. I'm just naturally tired <laughs> yep, in the afternoon. Yeah, me too. Did did Elizabeth David write an omelet yes. and a glass of wine? Uh, did yeah. she also write Bridge to Terabithia? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she might have also mentioned... Because if just so, a, then fuck was it, her. <laughs> was it just an omelet and a glass of wine, or did, was there also a salad? I can't remember. I think the title of the book was an omelet and a glass of wine, not oh, an omelet God, and a glass of a wine, and also meal. a salad. It is a... <laughs> It's a perfect but I, meal. I think that may have been just just for punchiness. Yeah. There may have been a salad in the book. Oh, gosh. I really love scrambled eggs with like a simple green salad on the side. I love that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really consider that breakfast. I mean, then we get into like this, like, like the, 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 the semiotics of I was breakfast. Gonna, I was going to say semantics, but I think I, think, I, I, think I, think maybe, I meant sim, sim, semiotics. I, I think maybe Are we talking I about the sign semantic. or the symbols? I, I just, I don't think I've ever said that word symbol or the before, sign. and I don't think I know what it means, and I, and I feel embarrassed. <laughs> um, semiotics, like the, mm-hmm. the, like the. So it's. Something I think being it's a- what um, the the protagonist of the Da Vinci Code is into. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's really the most the most moving book <laughs> I've ever read. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Mister Clean Magic Erasers. You know, this stuff really works. It gets off stuff that all those sprays and scrubs can't do, and all you have to do is wet it, squeeze it out. And erase. Yep. So to see what magic erasers can do for you, pick some up at your local store and go to mrclean.com slash spilled milk. 
Okay, well, um, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, where we will link to the recipe for these waffles. Yep. We'll also find that Placido Domingo, John Denver oh, album. We'll I'm see so what we can, excited. We'll see what I'm, we can dredge up. We're going to put it, put it on in the studio right after we finish recording this. Yes. So if you happen to be in hiding in the studio, <laughs> get Come ready. on out! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can also find us on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast where we would love to hear about your breakfasts for dinner. Yeah. What do you what do you make when 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 you get the craving? Yeah. Also, uh, what is the saddest book you read oh as a child? <laughs> I I think I mean, I don't think I could take it, this thread, but please, yeah, go ahead, tell us. Let it let it all out. Mm-hmm. God, there's so many. Yeah. Sounder. What's Old that? Yeller. Old Yeller. Oh man. Sounder and Old Yeller, both both dogs. I've never heard of Sounder. It was it was big in my school. Like it was a book huh. everyone had to read. Huh. It um, it was a book about a kid and a, and his dog, but also about civil rights. Um, um, the Phantom Toll Booth. Boy, that was really sad when they jumped to conclusions. <laughs> Do you oh, geez. Um, all right. And please leave us a review. Oh, find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I never want to stop naming podcast I venues. I know you don't. I know you don't. Um, Our producer is uh, Professor Abby Circatella. <laughs> that might have been the last episode. I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. No matter what time you listen to us, it's probably lunch, according to me. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. Okay. Okay, let's try again. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 